Welcome to the Tips and Salsa podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vadney. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff, and welcome to another episode of Tips and Salsa. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined, as always, by our amazing tech coaches, Nicole. Hello. Caleb. Hello. And Jen. Hi. I know I say this every time, but today we have got a special treat for you folks. We've got two of our high school at Star High School educators in the house, Rachel Rehage and Paul McCumber. They are going to help us to unlock the mysteries of Chat, Chat. GPT. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great one, and I'm so thankful and glad that you two have decided to join this world-famous podcast for this very relevant discussion. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. But first, we have to talk about our snacks. <laughs> so I was in charge of snacks this week, and I went to Sater's, and they had a sale. <laughs> yeah, they were $1.99, but you had to buy four, and of course, I bought four. So um, we are snacking on two of them right now. We're snacking on Tostitos, black bean and garlic, and they're slightly salted. What do you think? Not bad. The black bean and garlic I surprisingly liked. It's actually not Never bad. heard of it, yeah. but it yeah, was delicious. And we do have a mild salsa, mild Casa Sanchez Salsa Roja. Yeah, that's almost like um, spaghetti sauce, oh. mild. <laughs> <laughs> but tasty. I like it. I, I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, ChatGPT has been such a hot topic recently, especially in education, that we wanted to make this a focus of the episode of Tips and Salsa today. And for this one, we view it as more of a conversation about AI chatbots like ChatGPT um, than one of the traditional interviews. So I'm excited to share that in preparation for this conversation, we actually went straight to ChatGPT and used it to generate some of the questions you'll hear today. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so See if kick- you can tell which ones were human. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. Hello, my name is. <laughs> <laughs> so to kick this conversation off, it's pro- probably best to start at the top. Caleb, would you mind just real briefly tackling this one? What is ChatGPT? Yeah, if you're new to this and haven't heard about this technology yet, the real quick like 30,000 foot overview is it is artificial intelligence. It's a website that you can head to and you can type into a box, kind of like a search box, any sort of a question or a query or an assignment or something like that. And the, the AI software will come back with a response in kind of natural language. It, it will look and sound like a human wrote it. So it's not a, a list of um, you know websites that you might get from a, a Google search. It's very similar to that, but what you're gonna get back is a paragraph of text that is virtually indistinguishable from something that a human would say. So you can ask it a question, you can ask it to write something for you, you can ask it to design a recipe for you. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can throw at it. And the text that you get that comes back is very very similar to what a human would generate if you asked me that question or asked me to research something and give you a response. Thanks for the explanation, Caleb. Uh, just why are we talking about it, everyone? 
Who wants to answer? Well, I'll go for this one. I think it's important that we do talk about it. Um, Like Jamie said, it is kind of like a hot topic right now. It's out there. It's on the news. It's on social media. Kids are talking about it. Parents are talking about it. And so um, we've talked about it a lot in our department, but kind of seeing what others think, how we're all reacting to it, and having a healthy conversation, I think, is a good starting point for something like this. Yeah, totally agreed. And I, I think maybe a good place to start in this conversation is just go around the table right now and kind of get everybody's feelings. Like, What are your general feelings about chat GPT and these kinds of natural language AI chatbots um, that can come back with, you know, human-like uh, text? Paul, we'll, we'll start with you. What are your general feelings about this? Well, thank you. Um, my first initial reaction was astonishment. It's It was such a leap in our technology that even the idea that something could be generated where you give it a prompt or you give it a question and it could come back with something wholly unique and original um, was, it, it, it wasn't so much fear, it was just astonishment. And just how far we've come because the floodgates have opened and as tech TOAs, you guys have your fingers on the pulse of this. Um, all these new AI models are coming out, not just for education, but for computer programming, mm-hmm. uh, for, um, you know, other things such as even, hey, uh, generate um, a basic model of a home and it can generate actual blueprints. It's absolutely nuts just how quickly it can do it. Um, And we're kind of, you know, I was a a high school student at the time, but I kind of feel this is kind of the leap forward like when the internet came out (laughs) where just people couldn't even understand or comprehend what it was. So as people naturally do, when they fear something, they mock it. And um, I remember using the internet and my friends mocking that I was using the internet. And I think this is kind of what's happening with some of our educators is oh my gosh, you're telling me that this thing can generate essays while I'm not doing take-home essays. I'm going back to paper and pencil. I don't see the application for this. And it's just one of absolute panic because of the leap and the astonishment at the leap. So um, I am here to say there are multiple benefits for it. And I think that there's going to be ways that we can integrate this um, in to not only into our daily practices as educators, but also what we're going to be able to do in the classroom. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, this is before websites, internet, where you're having to uh, search shell files and search uh, right. central directories. We're at, we're we're at the we're in the stone age right now, which probably might terrify some some of you even more. But I think it's going to become something that's just going to be as part of our classroom practices as just. Um, our lesson plans. Yep. Rachel. Um, So the first time I saw it, having been uh, one of the administrators for Edgenuity, I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) what does this even mean? Um, Because it's so hard to ensure academic integrity and Edgenuity regardless. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like put my phone down for a minute and just was like, (laughs) 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 it's kind of scary to think of, of like they're doing so much online learning still even, you know, we use Edgenuity everywhere in our district. So that part of it made me nervous, but then I feel the same way. I think it's a a tool that we have to teach them how to use and not ignore um, because they're going to have more and more of it. Um, once you like breathe and realize that it's not going away, we have to <laughs> treat it like it's here and teach it. Yeah. Like a tool, just sort of like a yeah, calculator and math type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, what do you think? 
my thoughts have been all over the place. As my team knows, I go one day I, I'm happy about it. The next day I'm sad about it because will it take away jobs? That sort of thing. When it comes down to it, we have to use it for good. Jamie. Uh, I'm like you, Jen. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Like one day I'm just in awe. Like this is the greatest thing ever. The next day I'm sad, like, oh my God, like what if all the music on the radio is now all of a sudden written by ChatGPT or AI and it's not even a human expressing their true feelings. Mm -hmm. But then the next day I'll see an article of a really cool way to use it, you know, and so I really am all over the place, but I, I am, you know, at the point where this is, this is um, here to stay. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so thankful for this opportunity, you know, to talk to Rachel and Paul to really start digging into knowing that it's here to stay. What can we do to, to do, what do we do about it? And how do we adapt to it? Knowing that it's not going to go away. We're yeah. not going to block it. So how do we live with this and then maybe use it to our benefit? And, mm -hmm. and do you, if you mind, just if I can break in, I also think this is a seminal moment that the initially, I think, um, People will look to AI to generate a lot of content, but we see it in cinema too, where computer graphics mm -hmm. took over the industry and it eventually people are just like, I just want to see something real. Yeah. Which is why you have a movie like Top Gun Maverick that did so that's, well. That's right. You know, because people just want to see something real. I think human generated content is still going to be king no matter what, because people are going to be like, okay, that was just a computer who did that. I want to see a human being. Yeah generate that and i um and it's funny a future you know jen you were talking about where teachers are gone asimov actually had a short story called the fun they had where it was a complete almost ai instructor and the kids are like oh this is so depressing <laughs> you know what i mean asimov yeah. almost 70 80 years ago predicted an outcome like this and i um i i don't think i don't think human educators will ever fully go away because that um, mentor to student relationship, I think too many people realize how important that yeah. is. Yeah. It's irreplaceable. Absolutely. Yeah. I like your example though, Paul, with the uh, movie industry, because you're right. It's like we embrace that thing and it's like everywhere and everybody loves it. And then you're like, oh, I kind of, I kind of miss the stuff that a human makes, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. And so that has its place too and comes back. So. Can I say one Good. more thing, Caleb? Yeah. Um, I, also, just in a conversation like this that we're we're um, publicizing, I think it's important for us as educators to understand what we say and how we portray this and how we talk about it influences the way people think. Absolutely. Like if we in this podcast come out and just say it's the worst thing ever and all, we're going to spend the next 10 years trying to block it and eradicate this from you know what kids do and what teachers use – I, I think that might influence some people to think, oh, this is a bad thing and mm -hmm. I'm terrified and we got to get rid of this. But um, so that's why I really appreciate having an open conversation yeah. about the pros and cons, um, but not necessarily trying to slant the way people think one way or another. Right. Yeah. I, I think for me, I'm generally excited about this, but I'm usually excited about new breakthroughs in technology and advancements. So, like, this is right up my alley of like, whoa, what? We can do what? <laughs> With machines and AI, um, at the same time as I, you know, when I think deeply about this, I go, it, it really is a tool. Um, 
just like any other tool that's out there, there are positive uses, there are negative uses, there are um, things that we're going to have to take into consideration. There are um, aspects that we're going to have to look at and go, well, you know, this would this would be a net loss if ChatGPT is used for this. And then you look at it and you go, well, this would be a net gain if we use it like this. So, you know, it's a, a complicated conversation. I think my feelings on it are complicated as well. Uh, but generally, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the new possibilities that this opens up and how this might change things for teaching and learning and, and certainly how it's going to change the workplace of the future and what work looks like and what we task humans with doing as opposed to what we task machines with doing in the future. Nicole. I agree. Um, I was super excited when I first heard about it and I um, kind of adapted a long time ago when my daughter was young and got a cell phone and was, you know, trying out things like Instagram and that type of thing where I took the, the attitude that I needed to know what those things were and, and keep up with society and, the kids. Um, and, and kind of that was a challenge to me to be able to know what was going on and what she was involved in and what she was using. And I kind of see chat GPT the same way. I mean, it, it, it's not going away. So how am I going to adapt right. personally and keep exactly. up with the technology? So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, so Paul, you said it a, a second ago. It's like, you liken this to the invention or the kickoff of the internet. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we actually have a, a quote from Reuters. Uh, it says, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates believes that ChatGPT is as significant as the invention of the internet. Until now, AI could read and could only read and write, but could not understand the content. The new programs like ChatGPT will make many office jobs more efficient by helping to write invoices or letters, this will change our world, says Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw this out to the group. Um, how do you respond to that comment? Uh, I'll jump in. I totally agree. Um, I, I think this is going to have the power and potential to change the world. I do think that this um, is going to be potentially as significant an invention of the Internet. I do remember just to echo what Paul said. When that came out, none of us could foresee how the Internet would change and evolve and how ubiquitous it would be, how essential it is kind of to to our lives nowadays, how work gets done, how we learn, how we entertain ourselves. Um, and certainly AI chatbots and this kind of technology has the potential, I think, to do the same. So um, I, I would caution all of us not to underestimate the significance yeah. of this leap yeah. forward. Agreed. I'm definitely using it to write form letters like – Great. When I first started doing summer school, which was like seven years ago, I remember it took me like two hours to do the newsletter for Fridays. Mm. And I wrote the first one yesterday in like 15 minutes because <laughs> ChatGPT started it and I just fixed it. Right. It's also helpful because if you ask it an open-ended question, it does research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sometimes it knows more than I do. Mm -hmm. I had to like conf obviously confirm that what it said was accurate. Sure. But uh, I... I mean, it makes my job so much easier because it's a good I don't starting have to point. spend exactly. It's a good starting point, mm -hmm. and I don't have to spend as much time writing all the fabulous form letters. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to help, yeah, yeah, for sure. And also, just to add, I think you know, just like the internet when it first came out, people were scared of it, and it does have problem areas. I mean. It's definitely going to need to be monitored. I think ChatGPT has already done a good job by saying, like, if, for instance, as an educator, if I put in an essay to some of these open AI programs, it will tell me this was generated by AI, you know, and to a lot of them. Um, and we'll probably get to 
<laughs> what teachers can do to talk about plagiarism. I've already encountered a few of these already. Um, but um, we just have to be highly aware of what we're getting into. As more literature gets put out about open AI, about these chat bots, about educational AI tools, um, people are going to become more you know, competent and more willing to use it. Um, I don't think my, um, you know, my poor grandfather who was writing lesson plans in the 1960s on the <laughs> typewriter could have ever envisioned this and it probably would have blown his mind. But now using the internet in the classroom for research and for open, uh, for anticipatory activities, you know, it's become almost second nature for most of our educators. And I think uh, the benefits of AI are going to do the same. <clears throat> That's a great way to kind of pivot. Um, so it brings up my next question. We've talked a lot about um, chatbots and, and chat GPT in particular. Mm -hmm. What um, have you seen in education? How is this affecting what's going on in the classroom now? Um, have you seen it out there in the wild of, of the classrooms? Yeah. Um, and can you give us some examples sure. of what you've seen? Um, so uh, first semester, uh, I had a kid um, who was a struggling writer and um, as Rachel knows, I do a lot of writing in my classroom. I feel, you know, my students always come in and say, that's the one area in English that they always struggle with is writing and, you know, having the opportunities to write and having the opportunities to revise. Um, my, I caught, uh, unfortunately, I caught this kid that I've been working with. Um, he came in with a lit essay that was almost AP worthy out of nowhere. And I went to the revision history, which you could click on and it was just one entry for 10 minutes. And I'm like, my goodness, you're a genius. And so um, I also have a, a Chrome extension uh, called Draftback, uh, if you've heard of that. What it actually does, um, and uh, it's approved by the district already, you can add it, no problem, uh, which is, you know, Ding off that list. Yep. Uh, you know, it actually records a video of the student writing the essay. Oh. And you can slow it down, you can speed it up, and you could see exactly what they're doing. So, sure enough, just as if a magician had done it. Poof. <laughs> there is an essay. And I, I and just out of curiosity, sure enough, um, I don't know if it was chat GTP because there's, uh, you know, there's the playground AI uh, as well, right. but it was generated by AI. And, you know, I confronted the student on it and they, they fessed up and I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, don't, don't shortchange yourself here because you are making steady progress. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but we want to give our students agency that they can do this and they can right. be better, but in Embrace the work. You know, you're not going to become an all-star overnight. It's going to take work. And but give them the opportunities to write. Give them the opportunities to revise. So I, uh, that's what I've seen in the wild. The kids are already very aware of it. Uh, they are going to try and use it. But there's, if you know your students, um, and if you know where they're at, um, especially as English teachers and as educators, you're going to be able to sense something even without them dropping in the Wikipedia hyperlink in the right. middle of their paper, you know? <laughs> I, just, I, oh, I just decided to shade it blue and underline it because it was important, <laughs> right. Mr. Matt. <laughs> Why the font change right here? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because um, that has been a thought of mine. Um, teachers know their students mm -hmm. and students are individuals who have their own voice and that voice comes out in their writing. And chat GPT, yes. I always have to think about that. Um, 
that AI model doesn't know the student's individual voice. No. So, Paul, what would you have done if you went to revision history and you saw the poof? Boom, there, yeah. there it is. But then right after that, you saw edit, change, edit, change. I would have, I would have, you know what? I would have said, man, I am such a good teacher. Uh, you know, yeah. you have figured it out. Uh, oh my gosh. Look, no, uh, honestly, I would have just, um, I, I would have taken a different step and really talked to them because at the end of the day, you know, especially with plagiarism, the kids are so tempted to do it because, you know, our kids get an overwhelming amount of information in a given day, be it from the internet, social media, uh, to school. And so they feel like a lot, of, it, it's easy for them to take the shortcut because they just want to get it done and right. over with and move right. on. We just have to, because it's the students are completely different from when we grew up. I mean, you know, there's kids in middle school right now who were born after Instagram was created. Mm. Oh, you know, we, sure. we, we've, we've hit that generation now yeah. <laughs> that um, we just have to be compassionate and understand this is a completely different generation than when most of us grew up. And, you know, just treat it, okay, I understand this, but just reinforce, do you want to be wholly dependent on a computer or the internet to do everything for you. Because all you're doing is crippling yourself right. yeah. to be prepared for the world ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and just understanding that agency and the power that they have to be better than that, I think is the message that we need to carry forward as educators. Paul, you mentioned something that um, was really profound for me, and I just kind of want to highlight it really quickly. It's this idea that um, you know, if we make a writing assignment about the final product only. Absolutely. Um, that is shortchanging our students because Absolutely. that's when they're going to be most tempted to go to that, you know, plagiarism tool or, you know, AI chatbot or something to do right. that. If instead as educators, we make it about the process, it's we make it about the 100%. idea generation, we make it about the steps, the draft, the revision. Absolutely. If, if that's what we emphasize as educators, if that's where kind of the points come from for the assignment, as opposed mm -hmm. to just the final draft, no. um, we've, we've, taken away the power of some of these chatbots because there's no way to synthesize that. No. Um, as a human, you have to do that work. So yeah. really, as I think about this, I'm like, it's going to shift what we should emphasize from outcome to process. And man, isn't that what we would want to do as educators anyway? But also, what are you going to do with that product, right? Like we, everybody says, let's just do lesson plans with chat GPT, which is great, but it also doesn't teach the lesson for me. Right. Like I still have to be able to critically think True. with what that product was. I read an article that um, they were doing research with how far you can take chat GPT and they put every single assignment for a law school student in chat GPT and didn't edit it at all. And it got a law degree with a C minus. <laughs> <laughs> so even if that's true, it's not going to be there when you're asking questions in court. Exactly. Right. You have to be able to critically think <laughs> after you've made that product. Hold on, Your Honor. I just need a minute before I respond. The Wi-Fi yeah. here sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I going to prison today? <laughs> yeah, but you, made, you said something that made me think, Rachel. Um, when you generate the lesson plan or generate the letter, um, and if you just leave it at that, you have lost your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you've you've um, used it to cheat, I guess, mm -hmm. or cripple yourself. But um, the, I guess the ethical question is using it to get yourself a starting body, <coughs> and then going back to it and a adapting it to your voice. You know, is that 
ethically okay? I, I don't know. Well, I think that's the question, right? And that's what teachers and educators are worried about. Um, is it so easy now to cheat, right? Is this going to almost right. make students want to cheat or make them cheat and give them that opportunity? Yeah, I, I've got an idea on that. I, I think the first thing to share is that um, cheating has happened before chat GPT. Uh, it will what? happen after. Yeah, it, like <laughs> this isn't new. Students have been cheating for as long as there have been assignments. Or I should say, have, have at least been tempted to do that. Um, so I think the conversations that we have to have start with this idea of cheating is unethical, right? Absolutely. Like if we're talking about helping students develop their moral compass, there's a conversation around academic honesty, um, around plagiarism, around the use of AI chatbots in certain instances and not in other instances that that we need to have. So you know, like is is ChatGPT going to make students cheat? I I don't think it is. Um, what I think it is is it it's going to be a tool that potentially gives them um, a, an avenue to cheat if they were already willing to do so. So we're going to have the same conversations with students that we've always had. We're going to suss out when something doesn't feel authentic, just like we always had. But I think Paul mentioned this earlier, it, it is tempting and it does provide an additional shortcut that some students may be interested in taking if they were already interested in that anyway. I feel like we continuously think about what it means to cheat uh which i don't have the answer for but i remember when i was in like eighth and ninth grade and uh we had to do like three books and three websites when we were doing research <laughs> yeah and because finding it on the internet was somehow too easy or we didn't know how to find stuff in a book like we stopped <laughs> buying those books in the library to some degree because it's better to find stuff on the internet and it's newer so i think i don't know if if starting with this like draft is is going to be considered cheating always. Right. Um, but it's, it's definitely a tool. Like, I would not send a kid out and say, here's a hammer, go for it. Like, you have to teach them <laughs> yeah. how to use exactly. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's the thing, right? Like, I, one of you mentioned earlier about it's how you use it. It's mm -hmm. not just that it's there and, and we need to avoid it, but use it and, and use it in a specific way. And then also what you said, Jamie, it's also got to be about how we message it and how we react to it um, to kind of set that example for everybody. So, um, you know, if it is tempting for students to cheat, is that why we've blocked it? Jen? Good question. It, it's not why we blocked it. Um, we do um, have guidelines at our district um, for student privacy and safety because um, they're PII is very important to keep um, under lock and key. And in the terms of service for chat GPT, it it states very clearly that you must be 18 years or older to create an account. And when you go to that website, you can't do anything with chat GPT without creating an account. So um, for security reasons, students don't have access to it on school-issued uh, Chromebooks, but teachers have access to it. Great. I think that's awesome to state and that yeah. everybody understands that because when I was first hearing about it, people w on social media especially were like, oh, my district blocked it. Oh, my district's leaving it open. Oh, this, that, and the other. And to know that the, there's a reason for it yep. and, and it's the terms of service. It's, it's the safety of the students. It's not that we... It's my opinion that we should turn it off or on, but following that and doing our due diligence and making sure that we are protecting our students. So I think that's a good point to be able to make. I guess that's where it gets fun, though, because once a kid goes home, 
They go onto their own yeah. computer and they generate <laughs> yeah. whatever the or their phone and they generate the, yeah. whatever the heck they. Yeah, want. right. We can say you can't break the terms of yeah. service on our devices, yeah. but let's just stop them on their own personal devices. Exactly. Yeah, but you that's know, why we have the conversation with students. Right on the topic of cheating, though, it just dawned on me the whole concept of spell check and grammar check. <laughs> I mean, that's literally embedded in our doc, our word documents. Mm-hmm. And in the past, when we were growing up, uh, we were judged on that and graded on those things if if they weren't correct. And now it's automatically done right. for us, and we don't consider that cheating. We don't right. even think no, twice very about it. No, thankful for it. No. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm wondering, like, through time, you know, speech to text. Um, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're now in the age where it's almost commonplace for us as adults to just dictate stuff into our, um, you know, emails or texts and just send it on that way or text to speech type. Those are things that are on the brink of almost being so commonplace that it's no longer considered cheating. Right. So because that's, it's socially acceptable. Exactly. Cause yeah. it's, yeah. it's almost a social construct. Yeah, it yeah. is. And this is where I've gone to with the ebb and flow. Um, we were talking about this today as we were preparing for the podcast. And, you know, chat GPT is coming up with ideas. So I asked a question about how do you end homeless list? And it came out with six wonderful ways. Um, and I asked that question for a middle school level and for um, a high school level. And the, the ways were different and how interesting it would be for kids to wrestle with that you know how would we do this if this we have to change a policy how do you go about changing a policy blah 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 but i i didn't come up with those ideas the ai did and for me at this point this is the gray area for me that machine is coming up with the idea whereas with grammar check and a spell check i'm still coming up with my ideas and i'm formulating my sentence my typing was off and I didn't spell it correctly, or I didn't know I was supposed to put a comma there, and it put it in for me. So I, 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 for me at this point, those are two different things that compete, but you know, maybe over time it, it will be the same. Yeah. Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's almost like what Rachel said. They're like, so it generates the ideas. Someone still needs to do it, though. So that's, you know, the the AI can't do it. Yeah, I think that comes back to what's the purpose of the assignment or or truly as an educator, what am I trying to assess right now? Am I trying to assess the students' right, grammar right. conventions? If so, I don't want them using Grammarly. I, I Like, I need to check and mm-hmm. figure out, can you punctuate this correctly? There are some times where I might want to assess idea generation. You know, if you're going to do a response to literature, I want to see how you are responding to literature. There are other times where it might be appropriate for the AI to do the initial idea generation and I might want to assess how do you take this and you revise it as a student so it all comes back to what's the purpose of the assignment what am I what am I trying to get students to work on at any given moment so this is confession time right now <laughs> <clears throat> I have actually used this uh, to generate so I gave it a general prompt and then I asked for it to generate five different thesis statements and the reason why I asked it to generate the thesis statement is because my lesson and my, and my goal, I wanted my students to have a thesis statement to start with, but then they had to go through a text and highlight evidence that could support that thesis statement. Yes. So teaching it not to for a complete end product, as we mentioned, but we can use it to generate these amazing models on the fly yep. because 
writing is such an abstract art. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike math, they, they get the examples of the math problems at the top in the formula, and they are like, oh, okay, right. I can figure that out. Right, do it they, like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for essays, you know, it, it it's so hard for kids to make that logical leap sometimes with craft moves and writing moves that they need concrete exemplars. And even though it's still... You know, most of the, um, like even for College Board, most of the AP essays, they're not going to get a five or a six because of the individual voice isn't there, but they're going to, they're going to get there at around a three or four. But for kids just starting out, Hey, can you write an introductory paragraph? And then the teacher, teacher challenges them, try and do better. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of puts them up to the challenge of, okay, maybe I'm going to try and do a little bit better. And the teacher now has, and I'm thinking of the brand new teacher who's brand new to the classroom. They now have all of these models now at their fingertips where they could show the kids here, look at this, look at this, look at this. And now the abstract becomes more concrete mm-hmm. for the student. But even if you're going to assume that they're going to use chat GPT to write the whole product, that activity teaches them the questions to to ask or yes. what to tell it right. to make it better in the first place because right. you have to know how to use the tool to edit the original writing. That's true. We we often um, share presentations here, um, Nicole, Caleb, and I, and Caleb may make it and present that presentation to um, one of the schools that he's working with. But then if I'm looking at it, it's like, you know what? This is Caleb style. Yeah. I need to put my own style. Uh, Nicole needs to put her own style. So like the basic content is yeah. the same, but the delivery, the background that you, you have to customize it to make it yours. Um, and that's natural. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I could have taken Caleb's because it was already done, but it wasn't mine. And I wanted to add my, mm-hmm. my touch to it. And, and Nicole feels the same. And then yeah. it happened. Caleb's taken mine and, and, um, made it his and and so i i'm i'm hoping that kids will feel the same here's a product but it's not really mine yet that ownership over the work yeah. but even in your example where they have all these ways to solve homelessness just cuz they pulled that from the internet doesn't mean that it's valid that is a great way to show yeah that's a great way to show kids how to find second and and third yeah. sources to make sure that what it's saying is correct yeah. and, and and you know just to piggyback off what you said there's actually this ai program that was meant for social studies i don't know if you've heard of it it's called historic figures chat it's a bit problematic though because it also <laughs> includes dictators can, from history yeah and when you ask them questions, you know, why did you do this? They get very apologetic really quick, which some of those guys were not. Right. Right. So it presents a very completely different version of history. Right. So as we're talking about what is the background, what what was the sole purpose of creating this? You know, you get into, okay, now we're looking at the source. But also, so I taught English and history, right? So I'm thinking like as an A-push teacher, I would want to ask George Washington bot all these questions. (laughs) And then that's a good time to teach them historiography. Like this is the way we look at it now, but when it actually happened, we look at it this way, right? Or Hitler is going to tell me he's very sorry for all the actions that he did, but the real Hitler would say. That's great. Right. Well, and one of the things that we ask students to evaluate now is bias in a text Mm -hmm. that we look at and authenticity and things like that. Man, what a great great example to ask George Washington bot some questions Mm -hmm. and then come back and go, 
All right, now let's analyze these answers. Is this how George Washington would have responded? Why? Mm -hmm. And that why question becomes the secret sauce. That's the power when we ask students to dissect, you know, is this authentic? And if you look at that answer and you go, no, that's not how George Washington would have responded. Um, okay, why? Because a human put together the AI bot and had certain biases when they uh -huh. did. Like, this mm -hmm. is a powerful, powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a good segue to kind of break into besides English language arts, what are some other ways that this could infiltrate science, social studies, or other types of subject areas? So at, in January, after I had eaten too many Christmas cookies, <laughs> I asked ChatGPT for a um, weight loss diet plan. <laughs> and uh, I, I told it I didn't like oatmeal and I wanted to eat the same meal for lunch. And it gave me like a very personalized diet plan. Do I know if that diet plan is nutritionally sound? No. <laughs> but I bet you if we had a health class or like in the ninth grade um, PE curriculum, they could look at that. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's a good way to bring that all together. I didn't stick to it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I think when most people see this for the first time, they go, oh, my gosh, is, is the essay dead? Because now students can put the prompt that their teacher gave them in here and mm -hmm. it'll generate the essay. So um, our bias as educators might be towards, okay, this is going to be mostly uh, in English class or that content area. Um, I push back on that and say, no, ChatGPT, what it does is it answers questions. Uh, do we ask questions only in our ELA classes? No, we ask questions all the time in social studies and science and math and every. So mm -hmm. ChatGPT will give you an answer for whatever you feed it um, or it will it will perform whatever task. Hey, ChatGPT, please solve this equation for me. Mm -hmm. And if you can put in the right construct it will do the work for you and explain the steps and give you the answer. So no, I mean, Jamie, to answer your question, I see this broadly across all subject areas. I see this across all of academia, but way outside the field of education too. Um, just like the internet, you know, the internet serves all aspects of life at this point. There's actually quite an art, I guess, slash skill of entering input and getting exactly what you need mm -hmm. out of it. I don't think that's a... A common core standard, but it's a skill. And that the chat GPT is an example, or just a basic search engine is an example of adding the right stuff to get to what you want. It really is like a calculator. Like I can put the wrong number in accidentally and realize that it probably should be around 50, not 50 million. Yeah. But if I don't know math enough to know that and I just slap the 50 million down, like clearly I didn't know how to use a calculator in that instance, right? <laughs> like it's still a, a tool in that way. But they've been doing like in math, they've had those bots for a while now, right? Because math is yeah. easier to – so the math teachers are clearly aware and sort of like saying it's your turn now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jen and I were just talking about photo math. Yes, Jen, how long uh -huh. has that been around now? Like, oh, a, a decade? Yeah. More? Like it's been around for a while. And this mm – -hmm. if you're not familiar, you can use the phone on your camera to basically scan a math problem on a worksheet or a textbook and the app will solve it right there for you step by step. And so I remember as math teachers when it came out, we're like, oh my gosh, is homework dead? No, no, it's not. Like you learn how to live with this side by side. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, as you know, Jen joked like, okay, English teachers, now it's your uh, challenge. But I think it's much more broad than just any one subject area. Well, and that's a good point to say that it's not just chat GPT that's out there. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can't just say 
this is what we're blocking for the students right now. We don't want them to use it at this point. Um, but there are other things out there that we've got to be aware of and yeah, be prepared if, for. If you haven't heard, I mean, this is the first one that's kind of gone viral. But immediately, every tech company in the world went, oh, my right. gosh. we like, Yeah, we're behind. We're behind. We're going to get ours <laughs> out. We're going to have to do this as well. So, like, Google has already announced BARD is theirs. Right. Um, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, they've been working on AI chatbots like this for a long time. Um, Amazon, there are a lot of companies out there that have said, hey, we're all in. Microsoft has invested, I think, already over a billion dollars in OpenAI, which is the kind of the parent organization of ChatGPT. So, I mean, it's not as simple as put all of your energy focused on just ChatGPT and block that website. And now... It, it's going to be ubiquitous and there's going to be challengers in the field just like everybody was trying to innovate on the internet. It, it's very <laughs> likely that ChatGTP is going to be the America Online or Netscape yes. uh, <laughs> That's you know, uh, right. uh, of the AI. Yeah. For the yeah. whole time. Anyone exactly. under the age of like 30. <laughs> you didn't get that reference. <laughs> yeah. um, it, as Jen mentioned, this is blocked for students for you know the, all those reasons, but it's not for adults. It's not for us as staff. So what would you guys recommend to your colleagues colleagues or to, you know, other educators in terms of now it's open, try it, experiment with it, um, you know, see for yourself. What would you guys recommend? I I mean, he um, Paul was saying this before, but um, we always want like good student samples to analyze, but we want to make sure that we don't know who that kid is, mm-hmm. right? right? Or Joey's face turns red when we're reading Joey's essay. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it will generate them. Like if you say, I want an essay for this prompt as a seventh grader, that's a great way to get models. Right. Because I definitely remember trying to write essays as a seventh grader. It, it, yeah, it's rough. Oh, yeah, as a teacher trying yes. to emulate that seventh grader. Or I would yeah. try to find a prompt that I could have models for already and then use a bad prompt because there were models for it. But now you can get it to make models, especially like, you know, just to plug it using IEBs, for example. Um, you can have it write a, a short response for the IEB so you have a model. Yeah. Right. And yeah. like, you, you know, show them how to grade those and stuff like that. I, I think it's important for us to continue to see the body of work, um, articles, responses um, about ChatGPT because it's being used in very creative ways. For example, today I just saw a New York Times um, reporter interview ChatGPT. <laughs> right. I thought that's a great idea and I want to do that. And and I want to think of great questions to ask it. You know, I, I hadn't even thought of it. And, and there just keeps, people are so creative, you know, so we can, we don't have to stunt creative, but we could continue to think of creative ways to challenge this AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, one of the, the coolest examples that I heard at first was a science teacher that went to ChatGPT and, and asked it to write them three different lesson plans for the same, I think it was plate tectonics or something like that. And so ChatGPT in, the, in a, a matter of moments generated these three different lesson plans. And then the teacher looked at all three of them and was like, ooh, I'm borrowing this from option A and I'm taking this from 100%. option B and like remixed that into a better lesson than this teacher would have come up with on their own given several hours to try to brainstorm it. Like, so you're just you're starting from a nice baseline and then you're still using the human component to mix and match things using your knowledge, your uh, intuition, and your professional experience. I mean, that's hugely powerful in our teacher's hands. We were doing that with TPT and Pinterest before. It yeah. just doesn't take as much true. time yeah. now. <laughs> or as much money. So true. But even that, like, I have been teaching at the U of R in the School of Education for quite a while, and I will pull lesson plans from the internet, and we talk about 
why is this part better? Why mm-hmm. is this part better? Let's make like the best Franken lesson plan. But that takes critical thinking 100%. and knowing your kids and and you can't just pull it and move on with your life. And, like you know, and on on the student side too. If we're we were just talking kind of like about idea generation, you know, for our kids, especially with writing and any type of writing in any subjects, it's always getting started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not once they get into that flow, it's a little bit easier for them. But getting started is really really tough. Mm-hmm. What if they you know all the sudden the kids eventually when you know they have something that like google bard down the way and let's say bards enabled for the suite what if they said hey i want to ask it give me 10 different ideas for writing and just like caleb said you know i'm going to pull from here i'm going to pull from here and we create this frankenstein's monster of uh, the beginning of some beautiful (laughs) of some great writing and what if that led to students being better storytellers than if they start with that blank page in front 100%. of them? It's We've been giving such them block. sentence frames. They're just coming from chat GPT right. instead Ooh. of my brain. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is truly, I, I guess we're on the precipice of this you know, revolution of um, technology as a tool. That mm-hmm. you use on a daily basis because I mean I just think of the kid because because I was an English teacher and and there was always a kid who had writer's block a hundred percent and they just sat there and couldn't even get themselves off the ground yep and then there's the kid who just can't spell and then there's the you know there's all the caveats of kids that can't demonstrate what they know about mm-hmm. the content and what they can truly do whether in a written way or in some way that technology can help them overcome so i just i really feel like we're getting col- close to culturally understanding accepting that so we just really need to continue these conversations and say what's cheating what's acceptable what's too much what's mm-hmm. not enough and you know what's acceptable mm-hmm. yeah i i seeing it as you're helping a student kind of build up their foundation for ideas and for the writing process. I struggled with writing. It's why I went into maths because <laughs> I, yeah, numbers were my thing. If students are working with AI models and talking about them, they're getting exposed to vocabulary, sentence structure, transitions regularly. And so that if you give them a free write that is, hey, you have the next 20 minutes to answer this question, I'm going to collect it and read it at the end. Let's see what you do without any supports because you have been given the supports. What can you do on your own now? I'm really curious to see how writing will improve over time. Mm -hmm. I want to push back on that just a minute because I would fail that. (laughs) I am incredibly (laughs) dyslexic. I did not learn how to read until second grade. I have a doctorate and teach English, (laughs) but I never write anything without Grammarly. I have Grammarly on my text messages because you cannot read what I my spelling, I, I know how, how I spell things, but you don't. <laughs> like, I could not be distinguishable if I didn't have any of the supports that I daily use to overcome my oh. dyslexia. Mm. But it does, I mean, I function, but yeah. you don't see me write anything down and then just give it to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what Paul, what Paul said in the beginning. It's that balance of, you know, the green screen and the cinematography versus the real live authentic. So how as teachers do we, you know, not totally eliminate, you know, you got to take a pen and put it on paper and maybe even learn how to a little cursive, like how to sign your name versus who does that anymore? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like let's totally scrap that and do everything that, you know, so 
gosh, what's that balance, you know, in right. this in this world? You know, it's it and and you know, there's gonna it's gonna be people our age, even you know, older, younger, there's gonna be people that are staunchly on one side of that argument. No matter what. On mm-hmm. or the other. It's mm-hmm. you know, so how do we navigate that as leaders in our field? Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, just throwing this out here. I think it, just going back to this, the initial reaction that most people are going to have is fear. But we also can't dismiss that fear of our colleagues mm-hmm. because, you know, especially teachers who have been teaching for 30 plus years. Right. I mean, think of the changes that they've seen. Right. Right. You know, they, it, the, the genesis of the internet. Now, oh, you're telling me the computer can even write the essays. Right. right. You know, so, and it's not just a copied thing from the internet. They're doing this wholly they're doing it wholly on their own based on a prompt I came up with. So I, I, I think the best way to just go forward is just continuing to have these conversations, like yeah. you said, Jamie, but also to do it in kind of an empathetic and understanding way in a non-judgmental way. Love because we, we, we still don't know what 10 years from now is going to look like in mm-hmm. education. It, it's, it dynamically shifted just within the last year. Where I never thought we, I never thought we were this close. No, it just kind of, it literally. I heard about Chat GPT and AI in the summer on a AP forum, and I just, you know, kind of blink, blink. You know, are you serious? <laughs> you know, so now. So did the whole AP forum? Oh <laughs> my gosh! Thousands of comments. Thousands. Oh my gosh! It was nonstop, and a brand new thread on it. Like as someone was discovering it, you know, there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Have you guys heard? You know, and it was kind of the talk of the summer. Yeah, I, I just think we just need to keep having these conversations and just being empathetic with our peers who are still not. We were still completely beyond afraid of what this means for education. I love that. That's a great message. I think, too, you've, you guys have had some great tips. I mean, you've mentioned already using, um, for example, the version history, right? And going back and yeah. looking at that and being able to identify if something was just magically yeah. pasted Draft into back. the document. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, what was that one? That one's Draft an extension? Back. Yeah, it's a Chrome extension. It's called Draftback. It's actually been around for quite a few years, but okay. it's... Not that popular, uh, but like even just um, any document, even created by someone else, you can pl- you can hit play, and it literally records like a low res movie of that um, of that document being created. Interesting. And I I love using it um, just because as a teacher. I get the instant replay of when the kid was stuck. You know, not let, let's take plagiarism aside. For me, it's like going, it, you know, I used to coach basketball for well over a decade, high school basketball. Okay. It's like going over game film, you know, so it's the same thing. Where was my kids? Uh, yeah, for an essay. Exactly. Well, I think any tips that ha- like that that you guys have, we'd love to hear because those are the things that are going to help those teachers that are fearful, right? That are like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. I'm not ready to jump in. I'm not ready to try it. Um, those tips are what help to make others feel more comfortable with it and and kind of give them a starting point, I think. Um, for me, I just see what's out there on social media, you know, what, what people are saying that they're trying that's working and um, kind of not necessarily how the students are using it, but a lot how they're using it as teachers and trying to get comfortable with it that way. So I mean, I don't even honestly think it's ready for prime time for planning to use it for fifth period, because a lot of times if you go in there now, it'll say it's busy because it can't handle, <laughs> right. like right. it can't handle the amount of use, especially during the school day when everyone's making bad decisions. <laughs> so, um, you can't really like plan a lesson with it yet anyway. 
So I think there's probably True. some time before it's like really ready to be used in that way. I agree with Paul like that this is going to be the AOL of <laughs> AI because eventually it's going to have ads and mm -hmm. then you know the only reliable one's going to be a paid version. Right, there's going to yeah. be tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that this may not be the one that really hits prime time. It might it may be barred or you know yeah. if it's um friendly with Google, so who who knows, but yeah, it's it's coming. So you're predicting right now that in a um, blank number of years, people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe I have to pay for ChatGPT now. I can't live without it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably very soon. Like right, very soon. right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, people we're paying will... for Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> people will be listening to this in 10 years and going, oh, they didn't. Right. They were prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this was incredible. I um, Man, I can't thank all of you enough for this conversation. I... My, my mind has just swayed up and down, left and right, and my opinions have fluxed, which is great. That's what a good conversation does Absolutely. to you. So let's just, I guess, end with this. Um, for anyone who wants to add some advice on what you would give to teachers or our audience uh, who are interested in exploring uh, the use of ChatGPT, um, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, the first thing I would say is that this is definitely is not going away. This is going to impact education no matter what. And so I think it's important that we as educators get get, get a little curious about this and, and try some things. Uh, the first thing I would recommend is just go to ChatGPT, set up an account for yourself, and start throwing some questions in there um, and just see what it does so that you get a feel for what how this works, what it's like. Um, that will certainly help you be prepared in case you get something that feels, you know, maybe I, AI generated in the future. You'll at least see some of those hallmarks. Uh, and then the next thing I would do is hop online, jump into social media. Um, Facebook has a ton of educator groups. There's a ton of Twitter chats yes. um, and places there. You could just do a search on Twitter for like chat GPT education or chat GPT um, middle school social studies, something like that. You will find there are hundreds of educators out there right now that are sharing ideas, both the you know potential downsides of this technology, right. but more valuably, the ways that they're using it, things that they have tried um, in their classrooms. And, and you may find some really interesting ideas that would allow you to at least just start experimenting and kind of being on, you know, the leading edge of some of these developments and some of these opportunities in education. I agree. I would also say, um, ask for help, you know, ask questions. We're here to help you and, and try to navigate this all together. Um, and I think that, you know, you you can't do it the first time on your own. I mean, yeah. give give yourself some grace and, and an opportunity to try it, but then also for the support as well. I would just say to look at it as a tool, right? Like we expect kids to know how to multiply, even though a calculator can do that. But then we also teach them how to use the calculator. Yeah. Um, so I, I really do think at some point it's going to be something that we have, you know, standards for. like True. Yeah. Uh, and that we're at some point going to have to teach it. Um, like more formally. Right. Mm -hmm. If this is just the f um, one thing that I would just stress is, you know, be aware of your message with this. And we've talked about that, but just be aware of your message. Understand that what you say to these kids matters. So if you're treating AI as that's the cheat machine instead of, no, this is new technology. And with brand new technology, there's proper ways to use it. And just put that to the forefront. There's going to be even better ways to use this technology that we're still not aware of because we're just in the infancy, mm -hmm. the genesis of this of these uh, chatbots. So 
I would just stress to educators, don't just be very aware of your messaging and, and especially to the educators in our district when it comes to this stuff. It's not the cheat machine. Can it be used for that? Of course, as multiple things can be. But understand that there's just such positive aspects that it's going to enhance your teaching and your ability to educate um, the students of Redlands. And that's what our mission is to begin with. Well said. <laughs> yeah, that was so well, well said. said. I definitely yeah. should end it right there. That's the, <laughs> the best piece of advice we're going to get out there today. Um, Jen, I, I, I think it's time to switch now to the hot seat. It is. Um, I actually uh, asked chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> However, Perfect. we've already used many of them Aww. over the years, so um, they didn't have any new ideas for me. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's so 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we do put 60 seconds on the clock, and we normally just rapid fire questions, as many as we can get in, um, in the amount of time. Uh, but since we have two guests today, we're going to uh, first start with Rachel, and then move to Paul, and then Paul gets to answer the next question first, and then Rachel will just go back and forth that way. First All right. thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're quick. All right, you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. On your mark, get set, go. Mild, medium, or hot salsa? Mild. Uh, medium to hot. What's your preference? A physical book, digital book, audio book, or depends? Depends on where I'm at. <laughs> physical hard copy. Uh. Are you enjoying the recent stormy weather? Yes. Uh, 100%. Nice. <laughs> Do you prefer to read fiction or nonfiction? Uh, depends on what I'm in the mood for. Most of the time, fiction. Fiction. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate this sentence. Machines will take over the world. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> is that a number? Five. Five is like... <laughs> five. I strongly agree. Uh, rating of one a Terminator, I go Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be a good singer or good at an instrument? Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I I'm never going to be good at either one, so I'll take either. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be, I'm desperate at this point. <laughs> Ditto. That's a good answer. Favorite grade to teach? Twelfth. Uh, any grade in secondary, but I prefer twelfth. Was that it? That's oh, it. Man. Hey, we're winners. <laughs> yeah, we're yes. chicken dinner. You got them all right. <laughs> <laughs> Without help from ChatGPT. That's yeah. right. That's good. Look at that critical thinking. <laughs> Well, folks, that's a wrap for today's episode of Tips and Salsa. We want to give a big shout out to our amazing guests, Rachel and Paul, for sharing their incredible insights on ChatGPT and giving us a glimpse into the world of EdTech. You guys were amazing. Yes, thank you thank so you for much. Being here. Thanks for feeding us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on this topic, we, we have, as was mentioned, just touched the tip of the iceberg. And I want you all know that, to know that in this district, we're going to plan on continuing dialogue about this throughout the coming years so that we can meet the needs of our students and educators during these exciting times, for sure. Yep. And to the rest of our millions and millions of listeners out there, including listeners in 35 different countries, by the way, ooh, ooh. keep up the creativity and innovation in your classrooms. Keep providing your students with amazing educational ed experiences. And maybe, just maybe someday, you too can be a guest on our world famous podcast. Until the next time, this is our USD Ed Tech signing off. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff. Well, not that one. <laughs> okay. We'll just have uh, AI do the podcast. Yeah, they actually can do that now. Yeah. <laughs>
And for this one, we view it as more of a conversation about wait, AI. Wait, wait. We should take it back to the beginning of the chat GPT. Oh, these words. <laughs> <laughs> it is a podcast. Yeah. And for this one, we view it as more of a conversation about AI chat box, like chat BT. I'm sorry, chat box? Buck, buck, buck. Oh, okay. <laughs> chat beatbox. Wiki, 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 wiki. <laughs> what is happening today? back laughter for a while because like I'm next right and it's supposed to Jen for Nicole I'm, so I'm like just in my head I'm just thinking hey Nicole why do you all have computers just print it off it's a lot easier because the year is 2023 <laughs> are we doing the tech podcast right <laughs> welcome to pencil and paper with Jamie Quartz that's the next podcast bring, bring your own slate <laughs> <laughs> It's a can with a string. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>